0: Parsons Project fans, this is the official Alan Parsons Project fans podcast here with Mike and Mark, and I'm your host, Mike McClure, along here with my co-host, a.k.a. my dad, Mark McClure.
1: Hello, America and fans across the pond. How you doing?
0: Let me tell you, we are so excited to be here. We finally did it. Oh, yeah. We got this thing up off the ground after months of planning and collaborating. We're here. Yes, we did. And yes, we are here. So we started talking about this, what, back in uh, August? Yeah, I would say August sometime. So a little background here. You and I both have uh, a small background in radio. Um, I went to broadcasting school, and I was on a couple of different radio stations, and you did some work on a classic rock radio station with a friend of yours back in the late 90s, early 2000s, right? Something like oh, that? yeah, there's some good memories there. So I came to you with this idea of doing a podcast, and we're just like, let's do it, I mean, right? Christopher Columbus took
1: a chance. Why not we, right? <laughs>
0: Let me just tell you what this podcast will be and definitely what it won't be. Uh, We're a father-son duo talking about anything and everything related to the Alan Parsons Project, Alan Parsons himself, Eric Wolfson, the Project Rhythm Section members, and just about anything you can think of. So now what this podcast won't be. We're not going to sit here and bore you with a biography. As fans and diehards, we all know who Alan Parsons is and all his famous works, so we're not going to bore you with all any of that stuff, I and mean, we don't want anybody falling asleep, right? <laughs>
1: well, however, if uh, any fans out there do have any questions of his past and stuff like that, you know, we'll uh, try to get the uh, answers to you as uh, quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, just shoot us an email, look us up on Facebook, and uh, we'll have all those links for you um, as uh, as time goes on. So, But for now... Um, One of the things um, we're going to talk about in these podcasts, uh, we're going to talk about all the albums individually per episode. We're going to break them down one by one, episode by episode, and we're going to tell you our three favorite songs from the album and our favorite guitar solo. Now, when it comes to the guitar solo, okay, um, there will be at least a couple of albums where Mark and I agree on the best guitar solo, and but most of the time it will be our own personal favorites. So look forward to that. So who we are, you know, you guys are probably wondering, who are these guys that are talking Alan Parsons? Well, uh, just kind of give you a perception of who we are. Uh, we are... A couple of Midwestern guys. We are from the state of uh, Indiana. We are from Northern Indiana, which is Midwestern United States, and we are roughly about a hundred miles or 160 kilometers uh, east of uh, Chicago. Now, who we are? I would be classified as a millennial. I was born in the early 80s, raised as a, I was a, a raised in the 90s, a, a 90s kid. And uh, Mark here, or dear old dad. Uh, born in the early 1960s, so he would be classified as a boomer, baby boomer, or, wh- or what have you. That kind of gives you a general idea of who we are. So we are going to talk about on how we became diehard Alan Parsons Project fans. Okay, So, with me being a diehard Alan Parsons Project fan, obviously starts with you. Why don't, I'll give you the floor first. So why don't you tell us your story on how you became such a diehard Alan Parsons Project fan. I'm, you have the floor, sir. Well, it's quite a
1: few years ago. A buddy of mine, uh, we're probably juniors in high school at this time, about March of nineteen eighty, somewhere around there. Uh, we were big Kansas fans. Uh, Kansas fans, uh, big Steve Walsh fan, loved his vocals. Robbie Steinhardt is his collegiate vocal, plays the fiddle for him, or in you know violin, whatever you want to call it. Uh, very talented band when they're on stage, uh, when they light it up, and uh, they're really. So we had a chance of seeing uh, Kansas in concert. It was, it was around my birthday time. So Scotty and I looked at each other. You know what? Let's take some time off at work, you know, and let's go go to the concert. So we stood in line at the ticket area there at the record store there at the mall. And uh, you're not going to believe what I tell you what we pay for tickets. What'd you pay? $8 <laughs> to see Kansas. And the opening band was Lover Boy. Oh, Lover Boy was just starting back out as a band, and they're from Canada, of course. Well, anyway, we uh, purchased the tickets in a way in advance, and uh, on our way there, you know, we went to the concert, got it blown away. And our way back, it was probably about 10 o'clock at night, we are on our way home, and we decided to stop at a truck stop near uh South Bend area, uh, decided to eat there. Uh, we were waiting for the W, I think it was W-O-A-O-R, W-R-B-R at the time. Uh, they had their classic rock blocks, and the new albums coming out. They would play the three best tracks off of that. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there. You know, we sit in a parking lot. We're anticipating. You know, and all of a sudden, we hear this. As soon as we turn it on, the song "Games People Play" comes on, and we didn't know what the song was at the time. And we looked each other and said, "My God, that sounds just like Kansas, dude. Yeah, he's with the violin, and uh, that sounds like Steve Walsh. Why they didn't they play that song?" And so we're all sitting there dumbfounded, and I think the next song was like Snake Eyes off the album of Return of Family Card. And I believe it was I Don't Want to Go Home uh, was the next song. Uh, DJ comes up on there, and he said, that was the brand-new album from the Alan Parsons Project. And we go, who the hell is Alan Parsons Project? <laughs> and they, we just got immediately started, okay, this is fl- flipping great. So then, being as a great radio station they were, they played other cuts from other uh, albums of Alan Parsons Project. And next thing they play, like, damn if I do, I go, okay, we heard that one. I wouldn't want to be like you. Yeah, we heard that one, too. Mm-hmm. And then there was, like, Dr. Tarver, Professor Feather, guy, like, hobby, oh, son of a gun. We heard all those songs before. Uh, WLS out of Chicago was a big time Alan Parsons. Pl- they played a lot of their stuff. Uh, Alan Parsons stuff. And so But a lot of times they would never announce who the artist was. You know, at the time. And so my buddy and I, I said, you know what? This is great. I said, Alan Parsons, you know, I've heard that name before. I'm trying to figure it out. And uh, my buddy Scott had these array of just beautiful vinyl that you would, people would just die for. And he would have all the albums of the Beatles and Pink Floyd. And he, he just was just a lover of music, just like I was. And so we went to the mall the very next day. Uh, I think I worked till like six o'clock in the evening. We went right straight to the mall. He picked me up. We went to the mall and went to the Alan Parsons section, and there were there all the albums. Scott went ahead and said, "You know what? I'm buying all these albums, dude." I said, you know what? He made more money than I did at times. So he, <laughs> I mean, albums back then were like eight, nine dollars a piece. And that yeah. was just quite a bit of money for you know a sixteen, seventeen year old kid. And I went ahead, I bought with my paycheck, I bought with Return turn the Friendly Card. And so anyway, I kept mine in vinyl. We went back to his house on a Sunday afternoon, which we normally did. We'd go in his basement. He had a beautiful Morant stereo with Pioneer speakers that just blew out a 100 watts per channel, which back then in the day was pretty good speakers back then. And uh, we're trying to figure out where did this name, Alan Parsons, come from. And then I'm going through his albums and everything, you know, his Beatles selections and everything, and I saw when I go through the Pink Floyd stuff. Uh huh. And then I'm looking. Yeah, Dark Side of the Moon had the name of Alan Parsons as the engineer. And I go, hey, there it is. Ha, there it is, right there. So then now you, when you're hearing Alan Parsons stuff, you're hearing all oh, the Beatles influence and the Pink Floyd influence. Yeah, and no wonder we got we got so hooked because we both loved both bands at the time. Yep. So. Well, was my take. That's why I've become a fan uh, since 1979, 80, somewhere around there. So from there,
0: you were basically hooked.
1: Exactly. Okay.
0: So how I became such a diehard Alan Parsons Project fan is obviously um, comes from you uh, growing up in the 90s, uh, always hearing uh, Alan Parsons Project in the house, uh, in the car, uh, always hearing the tapes, uh, always having the mixtapes in the car You always telling me uh, Who's singing this song And just hearing your passion in your voice Anytime I hear Alan Parsons It just reminds me of my childhood um, And it's the stuff That I've uh, always listened to Growing up And so that's how I just always became Such a diehard and, But yeah I mean that's basically Our story On how we became Such diehard fans Of the Alan Parsons Project And let me tell you what folks We would love to hear your story On how you became Diehard Alan Parsons Project fans Shoot us an email Hit us up on Facebook Um, We're going to have more episodes coming to you, um, and we would love to hear your story. Oh, please Uh, do. Oh, yeah. So, All right, so moving on here, we're going to talk about, we started in the early 1980s when Mark told you his story and how he became a diehard fan. Uh, My story of the 90s, being a diehard fan, always here on Alan Parsons Project. So now we're going to fast forward to 1998, okay? This is the summer of 1998, and we get to go to our very first... Alan Parsons Live Project in uh, Tinley Park, Illinois, which is a Chicago suburb. Yep, and at the, yeah, a, at the was, time, it was called the World Music Theater. And right, Tinley Park. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's called it's been called a hundred other things. But <laughs> so, I just remember um, we went with um, our our good friend uh, the Night Raider, which was that uh, classic rock DJ we uh, talked about briefly that you worked with, and uh, he. Um, we all got in this car, and we trucked up just to Chicago, and uh, I remember just the, the, the excitement was just building all day because we were finally going get, to get to see Alan Parsons' project live. And it was just one of those days where we're just, like, we're just so excited we couldn't even sleep the night before, right? And so we get there, and uh, they opened Alan Parsons opened up for, um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, wow, it's been a while. It's been 22 years already. Good Lord. Uh, so we're sitting there. There was no stage lights or anything. And and, the, and to kind of give you an idea, if you've never been to the World Music Theater or the uh, concert venue in Tinley Park, Illinois, it's one of those outside venues where they just have a stage and they have a big, huge roof. It's an, it's an open air stage, and they have seating, and then they have like um, uh, lawn seating in the back. So we're only about fifteen or sixteen or something like that rows back from the stage, and we're sent and, and we're sitting dead center and there's just you just see all the instruments on stage and all of a sudden this this big tall guy walks across stage and uh and then he looks over at us and he he looks like
1: a farmhand or something like a farm not a uh, a farmhand
0: um you can tell we're from the midwest (laughs) talk about farming a stage hand There I think you that, go Stage hand thing. That's exactly um, what we're good. fumbling around here Hey oh, it's well. our first day On the podcast hey, folks Give us a break Give us a break Uh So <laughs> anyway So this big tall guy uh Walks across stage And he looks like a, a roadie And then he looks at us And waves And we're like whoa, 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 hey, Wait, wait. The, the other guys Start walking on stage yep. And they start grabbing The instruments And we're just like Oh Oh, oh my god we're 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 finally here and then you just hear, uh, who was the drummer at the time? Was it Stuart Elliott? Stuart Elliott. They had Ian Berenson. Uh,
1: John Giblin, I believe, was a bass player. And then Neil Lockwood was a sing- uh, was was singer. singer. Yeah. So
0: you hear Stuart Elliott. You hear him tap the hi-hat. That. T's, 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 down, down, down. Dr. Tar, oh, Professor like, Feather. Oh, my yeah, God. This crap. is actually happening. This is real. And I remember it was just like... Just what you need to make you feel better. (laughs) Yeah, it was just nuts. It was crazy. um, So after Alan Parsons uh, left stage, Yes came up and they were really, really loud. We don't really need to get too much into that. But I just remember uh, I was... was, How old was I? 15 or 16 at the time. Well,
1: uh, Alan Parsons was set up with a 5.1 sound. Surround sound. And the sound quality was a lot better. Uh, I remember reading in a Chicago newspaper... That uh, the sound quality of Alan Parsons was clear better than yes's concert. Yes, just kind of just their they music. were too loud. Yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of like throwing at you where the Alan Parsons music was
0: all around you, which you know basically nice was surround- crystal oh, yeah. crystal clear sound. sound. Have you ever been to a concert where it's like it's so loud and it's so rumbly that you really can't tell what song they're playing? That's how yes sounded like. They were just so like overbearingly loud. And so we're like, uh, eh, I like yes, but I don't like yes today. So, um it was kinda like that. Well you so, had your diehard fans, they yeah, didn't care so it's right, right. So there's probably about seven thousand. We were there people. to see our boy Alan Parsons yep. and uh once we saw him play and then uh like well we'll stick around for yes. So I like I like some other stuff and then it was like, ooh, too loud for me. Uh even for me as a kid at the time, you know, who had, you know but anyway so I remember us leaving early. So fast forward to what is this? A couple years later, two thousand. Um, this was in uh, Grant Park, Chicago. Um, oh yeah, yeah. This was the uh, this was a free show. This road was the to Abbey Road tour. Walk down Abbey Road. Road to Abbey. Yes, Ro- I don't something like exactly. That. So in this concert, they had Alan Parsons himself, and he had David Pack with him singing uh, the Alan Parsons songs. And then he had, uh, what was it, Todd Rundgren, Ann Wilson, John Itwistle from The Who. Exactly. Ann Wilson was from Heart.
1: Uh, Godfrey Townstead was part of the uh, band, and so was uh, Steve Murphy. Oh, okay. Uh, who, who, later, who ended up later being part
0: of the Lyrics. Live Project okay. uh, band. So each member from the band, like Ann Wilson, came up and sang three songs from Heart. Todd Rundgren sang three of his songs. And then David Pack sang like a couple songs from Ambrosia, yep. and then Alan Parsons uh, performed um, three songs from the uh, project. And then after that, they all got on stage together and performed uh, Beatles songs, right? But you you wanted something to, you wanted to point out something that I completely forgot because um, I was a 16 year old kid. I heard my Alan Parsons songs, and then I left, and I wanted to go roam around. So what happened that day?
1: Well, basically, when they took a break, they took about twenty minute break after they did all their cover stuff. Uh, They came back on, case of course, played all Beatles stuff. And the one thing that uh, blew everybody's mind that they actually heard Alan Parsons sing for the very first time on stage. And you could hear Ann Wilson went on stage and said, "Uh, "So Alan, you're gonna be singing for us today." And everybody kind of like ha 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 laughed. Uh, Alan won't sing. Well, Alan says yes, I'm going to do, attempt to sing. And you could hear a pen drop. He grabs, you know, his big six foot six frame, grabs a chair, grabs his guitar, sits down, sets the mic up, and we're all anticipating. And he starts playing "Blackbird," a Beagle song, and he, everybody was blown away. Really? After the thunderous applause.
0: Yeah, I missed uh, that one. Now here's another. Th- here's <laughs> another
1: thing that happened while you were gone, of course uh ann wilson did a uh, a song of uh paul mccartney's was called maybe i'm amazed now i'm gonna wow. tell you something i'm gonna tell you something hearing ann wilson sing maybe i'm amazed blew everybody away really she killed it oh wow she just did an absolutely great job on that song and uh so those are the highlights of that uh concert and um was very, was very very fortunate to see that. That was during the Taste of Chicago that year. Uh, good time, good spirits, good people and everything. We had a heck of a time. We got to see a little bit of the guys, members briefly. Uh, John Entwistle was there. He was very quiet dude. He didn't say much. Uh, Ann Wilson, she was very talkative. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And John she, Ann from uh, John Entw- Atwissel was,
0: was kind Cause of— Because they, they played three Who songs. Exactly, yeah. and,
1: that's, now you got to remember, John didn't he? He died a couple years after that. And I so do remember that. He, it was great to see him in concert and actually actually talk to him and stuff. And like I said, he's very quiet. He was like, "Okay, I'm here, you know, I'm, but I'm not going to sign anything." It's yeah, pretty much how he was. Right. Um, uh, but anyway, long story short, we got to see you know we got to see David, uh, David Pack, uh, Todd Rundgren was his crazy self. I mean, he was just. Throwing jokes back and
0: forth. Oh, yeah. He was moving pretty fast on the stage, if I remember correctly. So um, fast forward here to when was the next concert we went to? This was probably a couple years later, 2003, 2004-ish, something like that. We saw uh, Alan Parsons' uh, live project up in uh, Muskegon, Michigan, up there in the lake. Oh, This was for uh, Summerfest. And uh who opened up? Was the babies? Was John Wait? was it John Waite and the babies at John the time? Or was, it just, or was it just the babies? I
1: think it was just John Waite acoustic. Oh, kind of okay. like a like a John Waite unplugged type of thing.
0: Uh, okay. All right. So uh we didn't we were not there for that part of the show. So we all crammed in the uh minivan at the time. I think I think it was your minivan. <laughs> Could have been, yeah. Uh it's pretty funny because I own a minivan now, because um, yeah. So we cram in the minivan and it was you and I and uh, your brother, Uncle Tim, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Uh, he was uh, a diehard Alan Parsons fan as well. Um, and it was my buddy Steve from high school. Now, my friend Steve, uh, if you can kind of imagine, uh, this guy is probably six foot two, six three, about... 250. Uh, big, big guy. At the time, he was probably closer like 260, 280, <laughs> which is about... <laughs> For you, for you folks across the pond, that was that's probably about one hundred and twenty five, hundred and twenty seven um, kilos, just a big guy, and he was wearing a big, huge Texas cowboy hat, and he was dressed like a big country boy, had cowboy, Pars- boots had cowboy, cowboy boots too. And he had the cowboy boots at a, at an Alan Parsons Project concert. He dressed like a country boy, and my buddy Steve uh, had a little too much to drink that day. So fast forward, uh, the concert was awesome, uh, as always. And so after the show, uh, old dear old dad had us. Um, he had some st- uh, backstage passes for us.
1: Surprise! Yeah,
0: so it was just <laughs> it was just old dear old pops and us. Uh, we got to go backstage to meet alan parson's himself and uh at the time it was uh, pj olson yep. uh, who else was there i was like, was it godfrey townsend was Convary there godfrey townsend Convry, yeah and uh, so we got to meet the band and uh shake alan parson's hand and uh, it was just like to- it was really like epic I'm, an, I'm a millennial so i use the word epic so it was uh really awesome to 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 actually meet alan parson's in person fast forward after we come out of the out of the tent at the corner of my eye, I see my buddy Steve, because we, after, we, after we got out of the tent, we're just like, okay, where is everybody? Where's Uncle Tim? Where's Steve? So we, can, so we can go. At the corner of my eye, I see my big friend Steve in his big old country hat, and he's standing over there by the stage, right by the barricade. Behind the barricade, off to the distance, is Alan Parsons himself. So my big drunk friend looks, over at, looks across over to Alan Parsons himself and says, hey, Alan, Get your ass over here. <laughs> and I remember just being so like shocked and mortified and he like just, ah.
1: he just like drops everything, rolls his eyes and I comes remember
0: over. Uncle Tim was even more mortified seeing this. And Alan Parsons, the good sport that he is, just rolled his eyes. He walked over and he shook my drunk friend's hand. So that's my funny story about Alan Parsons. So you <laughs> you were telling me this, and I, I actually forgot about this story. I remember you telling me this years ago, uh, but you reminded me of it. Uh, so why don't you tell the listeners uh, the uh, funny story you have your funny Alan Parsons story. Where, tell us, where, where you where, where were you? Because I, I missed this one. I don't remember really well, where you, I was at. Well,
1: son, you were serving our country at the time. You were in Iraq. I ah, think. okay. So this is what, 05, and, uh, 06,
0: or something like that? Somewhere around
1: there. Uh, maybe, I'm going to say 04, somewhere around there. Yeah, it would have uh, been
0: 05 or 06. Anyway. Probably about in 2005.
1: Well, because, you know, dad passed away about a year after that. But uh, long story short, dad liked Alan Parsons, too, and everything that... Uh, But uh, we had these uh, tickets, uh, we did a small venue there in Chicago, near Chicago Heights. It was a, you know, I'm going to go off and say it was a crappy venue. I didn't like the venue. It was probably, (laughs) you could probably about, you could probably fit, really jam about 200 people in this small venue. Wow. You know, sometimes
0: uh, those can be the best concerts, But they're small uh, like that and intimate.
1: The exciting thing about this concert was uh, they had, it was a band called the Pride of Lions and the pride of lions this guy from uh survivor his name was jim pederick and he also did he was a songwriter for a 38 special if you heard like uh hold on loosely that's jim pederick stuff and so he's formed survivor with um i can't think of the guy's name the lead singer well anyway he
0: i'm drawing a to blink too uh <laughs> they
1: form a band called the pride of lions and they're the opening band uh, they played uh, 38 special stuff and Survivor stuff. It was um, pretty incredible. So Alan Parsons, and after that, Alan Parsons comes on, and does this thing and rocks the house out the whole. It was like it was so tight in there you could hardly breathe. Uh, the concert went on. Uh, after the concert was over, we had passes go back there. I gave Dad a pass. We had a T-shirt, and Dad was all googly because we were standing right next to Alan Parsons and his wife Lisa. When we get in this jam packed. Meeting area, and there's this lovely woman that came towards us, and uh, I was talking to Alan. How thank you know, thanks for you know, Mister Parsons. Thank you do a great concert. Thank you so much. And Lisa was very, uh, she's very sweet. Uh Now you gotta imagine, uh, you got six foot six, Alan Parsons, and his wife is she's kind of you don't really see her until you are looked down, and she <laughs> and she's there. Anyway, this attractive lady comes up wants to get this CD signed. At least we thought. And uh, she looks at Alan, she goes, Alan. Yes, he looks at her looks down at her like this and he goes she said, Could you sign my boobs? (laughs) Um, (laughs)
0: Ah and
1: the look Uh, no way the look yeah, the look on her face was priceless. (laughs) And of course Alan being the gentleman he is, looked at his wife and his sheer wife closed her eyes and nodded, Yes, go ahead. (laughs) And he got the approval. (laughs) Got the (laughs) approval. (laughs) and, And she now bear in mind it just the cleavage just the cleavage part and oh man he put his name right across the cleavage i just thought that would be oh wow
0: something that uh, i can share with alan parsons project (laughs) alan Alan probably does not remember that but that was quite a while uh you never know he might but then again this was probably that was 15 years ago so all right so alan parsons project fans uh again we just want to say Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up right now. Our next episode, we are going to start breaking down the Alan Parsons Project albums one by one, episode by episode. And we're going to give you our three favorite songs from the album and our favorite guitar solo. And like I said before, the favorite, our favorite guitar solo, there are a couple of albums that I know for sure that we agree that are our favorites. Okay? So, guys, again, thank you. Thank you, thank you for our friends across the pond. For those listening here in America, we thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And ladies and gentlemen, please join us next time on the official Alan Parsons Project Fans Podcast. For Mark McClure, I'm Mike McClure. Goodbye, everybody. Later.